There is uh, this uh, famous story about Saint Teresa of Avila. One day she was uh, walking, going back to the to her convent, to her monastery, and uh, uh, it was a, a miserable day. It was raining and cold, and she was drenched and that kind of stuff. And uh, so she wasn't exactly a happy camper in that moment. And uh, getting closer to uh, the, the monastery, at a certain point, she slipped and fell face down into some mud. And she was covered with mud, hurt, um, wet, you know, upset. And so she said to yell at God and said, if you treat this way, your friends, and now and this is why you have so few of them. You know, those are things that saints can say to God. We can't, but the saints can. Um, but, you know, it is uh, in that, um, you know, in those words of St. Teresa of Avila, there was a, a hidden something even deeper than that. You know, her whole life she had to fight a lot um, to, to try to reform the um, the cloister, the, 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 the uh, Car Carmelite. Uh, order, you know, at that point in history, they became very, um, you know, corrupted, happy to do easy things and not very devout to prayers and to God and so on. And so she wanted to live a different kind of life, more, uh, you know, closer to the origin of, uh, the, of the order. And so uh, she said to, you know, she was elected uh, the, the, the mother superior of a monastery and they didn't let her in. When she arrived, she found the doors closed and it took months before they let her in. And when finally she was let in, no one was uh, listening to her or obeying to her and anything like that. So it was a, a, an uphill uh, fight all the way. And so in those words of St. Teresa, somehow she was saying all of that to, to God. It wasn't just about slipping down, uh, face down the mud. Uh, but uh, she was saying, where are you, God? I'm doing this for you. Where are you? Why aren't you helping me? What's going on here? I love you. I serve you. I want to be your friend. And what? Where are you? Uh, so those are uh, similar words that um, Martha said to Jesus. So imagine those two uh, women taking care of, her brother, of their brother who got sick. And at a certain point, they, say, they said, oh, this, is, uh, this is quite serious. I've never been this sick before. So let's call for Jesus. You know, he helps so many people. He will help uh, his friend. And so they were there trying to take care of him, you know, maybe keeping down the, the temperature, try to feed him some soup or something. And he was in pain and in bed and maybe delirious, I don't know. And they were talking to him, trying to console him and say, hey, Jesus is coming. We, we sent someone to talk to him. He will be here soon, just to hang on, hanging on there. Uh, don't worry, he will not betray you. He's going to be here soon. And one day passes, and two days, and three days, and then he dies. And then he said, well, you know, sometimes he raised people, you know, when they were freshly dead, you know, maybe let's uh, wait before we bury him. Let's wait an, an, a day longer, maybe. And then he didn't show up. And they had the funeral, they, they buried him, and he still was nowhere to be seen. And finally, four days after he was dead, he arrives. And so Martha saw him, you know, after all that went on those days, she said, you know, if you only had been here, where were you? 
What, what happened? That was your friend. Why weren't you here? And, um, and the same, you know, a little, little, few minutes later when Mary was there, she said the same thing, if you only had been here. And then the father took him to, to the tomb and he looked at all the people moved and looked at the closed tomb and he knew that his friend was there and he cried. And people said, said well, big boop de boo He could have been here and do something about it. What, is the, what are those tears about now? Couldn't he who healed the blind man, the lepers, and uh, all sorts of things have done anything for him before? And so there was a, you know, somehow they felt a little bit betrayed. Uh, it's unavoidable. What is going on here? They had those uh, questions in mind. What happened? Why didn't you rush to come here? Why didn't you heal him from a distance like you did for many others? What is going on? And you know, if some of you may know, but uh, recently a priest in our fraternity died of COVID a couple of weeks ago. Um, he was an, a, a great man. And thousands and thousands of people prayed for him every single day from all over the world. You know, all the places where he was in missions and then many other people were around the world that he touched. And the Holy parishioners and the thousands of people connected every night, uh, you know, saying the rosary and so on. And, uh, you know, he, he was one of the best. And uh, we all said, uh, God, you can do something. And they, you know, he, he got to the hospital, they had to induce him, uh, induce a coma for him to help him. And one procedure, another, another, a week passes by, two weeks, a month, two months. After two and a half months of battle and prayers, he died. Where were you, Christ? Where did you live? Why did you abandon him? What happened? Why didn't you rush to help him? He was your friend. And uh, we have, though, um, a tiny little bit of a, an answer to that, to that question, or, uh, or rather the, the way we need to be in front of that question. And uh, if we look at, um, at um, you know, St. Thomas and St. Martha, what they said to Jesus. You know, first of all, uh, when they told that he was, uh, you know, Lazarus was being sick, Jesus waited a little bit longer. When finally he was uh, ready to go, he said, okay, let's go to Judea. Let's go to the south. And, and you know, they had just had some hard time there. They were threatened. They, they, they risked their lives and, and so on. And going back there was dangerous. There was, uh, um, you know, he could simply have said, I can't go there. And yet Jesus said, no, let's go to, to see Lazarus. And uh, the apostles, they knew how dangerous that was. They knew what was going on there, what the risks were. And so um, St. Um, Thomas uh, simply said, uh, so Thomas called Didymus said to his fellow disciples, let us also go to die with him. They knew that they could die there. Thomas was pretty sure that they would die there. There was no other outcome. Looking at the past few weeks, the last time they were there, it was very dangerous. 
And so St. Thomas could have said, okay, guys, guys, I'm going to sit this one out. You guys go ahead, send me a postcard, and see you later, probably in heaven. And instead, St. Thomas said, no, let's go. Uh, let, let, let us also go to die with him. There was a something in that man that even when things were not clear, even when things were difficult, even when things were dangerous, yet it was worth being with him. Where were you, Christ? Why did you let Lazarus die? Lazarus die. Why are you going back to Judea that is so dangerous? I don't understand. And yet I can't but be with you. I have to be with you. Even when even if things don't make much sense to me, to be with you is more important. And then they arrived and, and Martha said, if you only had been here, and he said, okay, but do you believe that uh, he, will, he will rise again? Yes, at the end of time, he will rise again. Uh, no, I am the resurrection. Do you believe this? And what did Martha respond to that? Yes, I have come to believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, the one who is coming into the world. Why was it worth being with him? even if that meant to risk your life, even if that meant not, not knowing exactly what was going on, or sometimes be a little bit baffled by his uh, decisions. Why? Because they knew that he was the Christ, the Son of God, who was to come, who was to save us. He came to bring something new to our life, redemption. It was so real, so important, so beautiful, that uh, they had they had to, to, to be with him, no matter what. Yeah, you let your friend die. You weren't here. And yet, I am made for you. You are here to save me. I know that. I've seen so much that I cannot doubt that you are good for me. You are the only thing that is good in my life. I cannot deny that. And so uh, Jesus uh, asked them, okay, now open the tomb. Yeah, but he's been dead for four days. He, you know, he, you know, there is a stench, there is, a, you know, it's rotten. Let, let him go at this point. What do you want to do? Open the, uh, the, 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 the tomb. And Lazarus came out alive. The greatest of all the signs. You know, he had resurrected a few other people before, but, you know, usually just a few hours after they had died, a day. But four days, you know, at that point, Jews said, you know, when someone dies, the soul leaves the body. Everybody, everybody knows that, but when does the soul leave the body? Well, we don't know exactly because we don't see that. But, you know, in the Jewish tradition, it was say, okay, definitely by the third day, the soul is gone. There is nothing there. It's just uh, uh, rotten flesh and bones. There is nothing left there. That person is no more. And when that person was no more, Jesus arrived and said, come out alive. And he did. So that was the greatest of all the signs that he performed, all the miracles that he performed except for his own resurrection. That sign was so great that people after that, you know, we hear in the gospel, now many of the Jews who had come uh, to Mary and see what he had done began to believe in him. 
But the next line, which is not in, uh, in, in, in today's gospel, but if you go on the Bible, the next line said, and many others didn't believe in him. And so they wanted to kill him because of that. Not only that, but they also wanted to kill Lazarus because of how powerful the sign was. Lazarus was a very well-known person in Jerusalem, rich family, influential family, dead for four days, came back to life. There is no denial there that the man is here to save the world. And so um, we don't know why sometimes we feel this abandonment from God. You know, today we have the cross veiled and all the other statues. You know, it's a long-standing tradition in the church. We are, this is the first time we are doing it. Um, you know, the last two weeks of Lent, we do that as a sign that God left, seems to, to have left, so we can uh, visually experience this abandonment of God. We don't know why we, sometimes we pray and it seems that, that he's not listening. Why was St. Therese of Avila praying so hard, working so hard and, and, and struggling so much? We don't have the perspective of God. Why did Jesus allow Lazarus uh, suffer and die that way? We do not have the perspective of God. But through that, God, Jesus was able, able to perform the greatest of his miracles, except for his resurrection. And uh, through St. Therese of Avila's sacrifices and, and, and sorrows, he was able to reform the Carmelite order. And she made a doctor of the church out of her, a sign for the whole church forever. Why did God let Father uh, Antonio, our priest, die? I, we don't have the perspective of God, but we know that uh, he is the one who is to come. He is the one who saves us that to be with him is more important. He will show us. So let us pray that we may um, have the patience uh, to, to bear, you know, the, the, to, to sometimes to go through this abandonment, abandonment of God because we know that only with him life makes sense. Only with him we can see the glory of his resurrection. I believe in one.